0: Grab your favorite cup, we're about to pour you a glass of the most wholesome drink.
1: Our goal is to amplify marginalized voices through subjects that matter.
0: We will do this by discussing subjects that are uplifting, gainful, and truthful, no matter how uncomfortable they may be, in hope of gaining clarity and invoking progressive change.
1: Of course, we'll sprinkle on some off-color topics to make our discussions more palpable. Welcome Welcome to Urban Urban Proper. Proper!
0: Hello, everyone. Hello, 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 hello. It's me, um, Darius, the destroyer, self-proclaimed forever, that self-proclaimed destroyer of all things, um, including but not limited to booty holes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh you can, you might already be able to tell that I am noticeably alone, but not actually. Shisha the Cuddler is on a trip right now uh we miss her dearly but i have a special guest with me as you can see by our thumbnail my dear dear friend elizabeth mccormick what's up what's up Hi. You, are- <laughs> <laughs> you look so scared <laughs> <the same way. laughs> um,
1: um aka at grit and grace
0: yes follow me on instagram y'all <laughs> yes no promote 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 um <sighs> So basically, what we're going to talk about today is Liz. Um, For those of you who don't know, which is impossible that you don't know, um, (laughs) Liz is a firefighter. She's an actress. She is the epitome of class and style and grace. Um, And she's a very dear friend of mine that I met with. It's been, what, like four years now since we did Piano Listen together? Piano Listen
1: was in 2014?
0: Was it? 14 or 15? 15. So, Maybe. It's like, five. It's been a while.
1: Yeah.
0: I almost
1: mean, half a decade? Yeah. Like, almost.
0: That's a long time.
1: Yeah, it's but it feels like it's been much longer. I feel like we've been friends much longer than that. Yeah,
0: I feel like we like developed a very close connection very quickly.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh one, Darius is hilarious in case you guys haven't noticed. Um and he just I has mean. a very genuine spirit like he is equal parts loving sassy funny just amazing oh i
0: didn't come here for compliments but i always will take them (laughs) 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 so liz and i met like i said four or five years ago doing a play called the piano lesson Mm -hmm. by august wilson Mm -hmm. if you don't know who august wilson is you ought to be ashamed of yourself um he is considered the black Shakespeare. He wrote so many different plays. I believe he also wrote poems and books and shit too. But, um, and Liz was playing Grace.
1: <laughs> you said you was going to take <laughs> me to the movies! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Y'all, okay. So I'm supposed to be drunk at the end of the play. I'm playing a 62-year-old man. Liz comes in. She says that like, You're supposed to take me to the movies! And I cannot keep it together. Like the whole time I was struggling so hard to keep it together because it was just so funny to me for no reason at all.
1: That was a good experience. That was a good...
0: Really, I, I think I might have said this on a podcast before, but I haven't found that experience again yet. Mm. Never. let me not lie. With My Infinite Sadness, I right. had that a similar experience, right. but like being in a show that was all black people about black people yeah exactly Uh,
1: yeah it's something that it's just different mm -hmm. it's just different and it was a really good like i said a really good experience in a lot of ways not having a code switch being able to read some dialogue and everybody gets it Uh there's no discussion as to well we should probably take this out or But there was there was no kind of I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. It was just understood yeah. all across the bo- all yeah. across the board. I
0: don't you know. know. I, mean? I don't know. I think we didn't audition at the same time. No, we didn't because I auditioned with L'Oreal, mm-hmm. which is another friend of ours who was also a bomb and actor. and just mm-hmm. She was the Audrey to my Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors in high school. And... There was this white girl in the auditions. There were two white people. There was an older white man and a mm-hmm. younger white woman who was auditioned for the role that you played. Mm-hmm. And she was reading along with the black people. And I was like, wow, she don't know. what she talking about? <laughs> like her cadence was completely different. Mm-hmm. It was, it, just is so, it was so weird to see how black people just automatically got the musicality of the words that Mm -hmm. are august wilson Mm -hmm. whereas this white woman was trying her hardest she was Mm -hmm. trying so hard but she just didn't her voice couldn't get the inflection she couldn't do like Mm -hmm. it just was real weird Mm -hmm. i but also i was cracking up in my head and then the one white guy that was there he was like man if i had known this was august wilson i wouldn't have showed up
1: (laughs) (laughs) right 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 right
0: um so outside of that show, Piano Lesson. What other things have you done acting wise? I know you haven't been able to do much lately, but you are in a film, I
1: right know. I am in a film uh, called Unresolved, and the director is Bruce Cunningham. Um, I've also done some things with uh, David Kirkman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last. The last play that I did was My Infinite Sadness, which Mm -hmm. was written by you. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I'd done before, I've done a couple of things with the Black Rep um, and just various uh, community and professional theater companies around St. Louis. And it's Mm -hmm. been really, really cool. I was about to say good and cool (laughs) at the same (laughs) time. Really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) But I am hoping definitely to return um, to my art. I am definitely an artist at heart. Although I love serving my community, like I probably am an actress first. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I personally miss seeing you on stage. I remember really? seeing you in um the Color Museum with the Black. Oh my Red. god, that was so fun. It was so was good. So and fun. I was also real jealous of everybody because the Color Museum is like real high on my list of shows that I wanted to. Really? I didn't know that. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I love the Color Museum. It's like for those who don't know, the Color Museum is a collection of plays. Ah, oh, Just mm. it's so good. They it's really so good. speak
1: to All of the different emotions and places in life that you can have or be in as a person of color.
0: I think my favorite one is hair. The one where she's talking to her wigs. And like... So, essentially what's happening is it's a woman and then there's two... It's three women. The one woman is obviously wearing a wig and the two other women are her wigs. Right. And I don't know. I think... There's something about black women and hair to me that is just such. Oh, we have a, a very fascinating, com- very
1: complex relationship with our hair. Yes, very complex. And I
0: feel like that piece speaks to it so well because mm-hmm. there's like the one that's like a long blonde wig or mm-hmm. whatever, and then the other one's like natural afro, and I'm mm-hmm. like, man, if they, y'all don't get out of my face with this, right? Um, I
1: think my favorite piece was probably one about the sh- the soldier the black soldier. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah That one was really and Chris was really Chris good Weir, I uh, think that was the first time one, I saw yes, him that. And act. that was amazing. He was very good in that. Yeah. And you know, he's a soldier in real life, or is, was a soldier in real life. Yeah, so yeah, I know yeah. that probably spoke a lot to him.
0: Yeah, he I don't know whether he was acting or not on the stage Like yeah. I'm sure those were experiences he definitely mm-hmm. had. Um, so like you said you are an actress first, but you also serve the community. I am. Talk a little bit about why you wanted to become a firefighter.
1: Hoochow. Okay. Um
0: <laughs> Ooh, <Chile. laughs> uh,
1: So I've been a firefighter uh in st louis i've actually just come up on my third year of service oh my god it's been three um, years already right right right. it does not feel like that it feels like i was just in the academy i
0: was just telling my boyfriend today we were walking where were we going we were walking down to come back here from schnook's mm-hmm. fire truck drove past and i was like i remember right after liz graduated i saw her in a truck driving down down <laughs> and i was like <laughs>
1: Um, it was a surreal
0: experience, truly. Like it was like, me. damn, was my like, friend
1: is a whole firefighter.
0: Like what?
1: And you know, it's so funny. Like my friends still say that, like to this day, they're like, "Liz, you really a firefighter?" Like, really like I'm like, like yes. Like, it's like I don't
0: know. You like standing inside the fire with the hose, like um, what? <laughs> like I'm standing literally right here right. With the fighting a fire. This house
1: is literally on fire. Right. I'm gonna
0: like, go keep the uno game going i'll be right back all right right, no sorry carry
1: on um and it's been a crazy experience so um about so it's been three years i've been on the job but it took me about two years to actually a little over two years to get hired onto the fire department and i knew so i did a lot of social work social work and nursing before i became a firefighter um and i was just really burnt out on it Mm-hmm. Um, I had time to you know perform but I was like you know breaking my back working all the time too mm-hmm. I didn't really you know have time to really see my friends my family or it was just, there was just a lot of stress on me at the time and I knew that I had to find something else I wanted something that I was proud of something that would help me get to the next level and I've always been a helper So I wanted something that I could be proud of, that I'd have fun doing, and that still ultimately served a greater good. Uh, One of my very close friends is a veteran. And she tried to complete suicide um, about a year or so prior before I uh, started thinking about joining the fire department. And they were the first, I'll never forget that day. It was like super just... Crazy, and I remember you know calling nine one one, and the first people that got there were firefighters, and I just saw how they handled her. They were skillful, you know. They did what they were supposed to do. They were still compassionate, you know. Nobody judged her. They didn't know her story. They didn't care about what her story was. They just saw somebody that was hurting and that needed assistance. And I kind of always kept that experience with me uh, in the back of my mind. And when I saw that uh, St. Louis was hiring. Uh, or starting a testing process for firefighters something just clicked and I knew that's what I needed to do Mm -hmm. and I applied just kind of on a whim you know I wasn't really expecting it to go anywhere I had hoped but I wasn't tripping off of it Mm -hmm. and when I got my invitation to test it was like okay we're like really doing this and I did not realize that it would be the hardest most tedious two years of my life.
0: Um, so tell us about like I I know a little bit because obviously we became friends during that time period Mm -hmm. you were like yeah I'm I'm training to be a firefighter and I was like what (laughs) right right. um but tell us a little bit about like what that entailed what what all you had to do I know you disappeared for six months right before you took your big test right and we had like a big party you like all right y'all this is my last night and then I got a really good <laughs> friend, and uh, it really truly was like, we had that big party and then we didn't hear from you until it was about time for your graduation and I was like, right. okay
1: so um this is a pretty long uh testing process about a year long maybe a little bit longer maybe a little bit shorter depending on the time frame but i had to take three exams or three tests if you will and then all different scores got compiled into one big score and that's how i placed on this roster of people like three thousand people applied after the first test was given it was chopped down to like 1500 after that it was probably chopped down to less and by the time we made it to the last test or the panel interview portion it was like maybe 500 people on this list wow Um, i did
0: not know there were that many applicants yeah that makes it even more cool (laughs) (laughs) so
1: after you know so once i found out that i was going to have an opportunity to be in the academy like i literally i gathered all my friends i'm like hey um, you know, finally about to, you know, walk into my calling, you guys. I want to turn up and celebrate. And I had just moved. Then uh-huh. I had, like just yep. moved into uh, just moved into my apartment, uh, a new apartment. And we had a game night, it was super lit, we it kicked so it. We just... stayed up late, we were extremely loud and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And I said, guys, like I will not see you guys until after my academy. And my academy was about four months four months long. So I literally like disappeared off the face of the earth and I just put my nose to, you know, the ground and really, really focused on everything. I, you know, I was in uh, the academy for about 12 to 14 hours a day, some days longer, Monday through Friday. I mean, on the weekends, all I had time to do was study and sleep because I had, you know, missed out on so much sleep during the week. I I mean it was the longest four months of my life and I don't know that I would go back and to this. <laughs> but what I didn't know was so I was the, so out of I think 32, 33 people, I was the only female. Um, I actually was the first female in nearly a decade to get hired onto Woo-hoo. and to complete uh, the St. Louis Fire City, St. Louis City Fire Department Academy. And I didn't actually know that until like halfway into my academy really yeah i didn't like nobody was trying to like you know gas me up or anything like that and Uh i also didn't i don't think that anybody wanted to discourage me yeah so it was kind of like all right well here we are um and it's been i mean three years later i mean this is where i am and i i love what i do i I can't lie and say that I don't find it rewarding or exciting, sometimes a little too exciting <laughs> um, but I like making a positive impact on my community. I like helping people that are hurting. I enjoy being there to make things better.
0: So um, wow, first of all <laughs> um, I realized I didn't re- I didn't realize. How difficult of a process it was. I mean, it makes sense that you really gotta weed through all these people who are like, "I want to be a firefighter" and don't really have the gumption or the skill level or the quality of heart that it takes to be a firefighter. Mm -hmm. I could never. I could apply, and by the time I would just be like, you know what, what? this is not for me. (laughs) Um,
1: Alright,
0: I'm gonna hit out. Right. (laughs) I'm gonna. So now that you've been on the on the is it a force? What is it? How do you?
1: <laughs> now that I've been like, what do you mean? So it's a department. Okay, but
0: because I've been saying technically, force, right? So right. it's a
1: department, but like my actual like firehouse where I'm stationed at, that mm-hmm. is called my company. Okay, so I am on a truck, so I'm a part of truck company. And I'm not going to tell y'all the number because I don't want y'all coming up yeah, there to don't. see me. <laughs> We're going to
0: keep some of the stuff private. Thank you very much. So explain that to me real quick. What is So What is being on a truck
1: company, company mean? So the company is where you're... So the number uh-huh. is the number of the house right. that you're in. Correct. So i am on a truck mm-hmm. so so my tr- so technically my apparatus is technically called an apparatus okay. but i have a ladder mm-hmm. on mine uh 75 foot ladder so i'm on what's called a quint and this is like really really firefighter terms it really <laughs> is i'm real confused <laughs> all i heard was 75 foot ladder
0: and i got anxiety <laughs> so
1: right same so um So, basically, my engine house is called a truck company and then the number of where I'm stationed. Mm -hmm. So, if I was just on what's called an engine, Mm -hmm. which doesn't have a ladder, it's just strictly for water. Okay. That's called an engine company. Oh,
0: that makes sense. So, technically, your truck can do more because it has a ladder. Right.
1: Oh. Right. That's
0: kind of... That makes sense. Right.
1: So, I'm truck company whereas like a friend of mine might be engine company
0: okay right oh i've seen that i've heard that terminology Mm -hmm. now that you kind of put it into perspective Mm -hmm. i've heard that terminology before Mm -hmm. um i was about to ask you something and then i completely forgot what it was okay um moving on (laughs) no um so now that you've been on the on the company for three Mm -hmm. years what has been or what have been some of the most rewarding experiences for you both actively fighting fires and retroactively going out into the community because i see all of your posts obviously i i follow your posts more closely than i follow my own
1: oh my god um
0: <laughs> because gas up your friends 2019 when your friends a- are doing positive things a- Yeah, it's like literally you can do anything <laughs> through black people rhythm rhythmically chanting a-, a in the background like <laughs> So that's me. I just hope you know that every single time you see a like on your post from me, that's me. It's hey, hey. 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 working a little bit, you know. Um, but what have been some of your most rewarding experiences?
1: So rewarding experiences, like in the line of duty, is just. I mean, honestly, like stopping a fire from spreading Mm -hmm. um making sure people aren't in danger you know making sure the community doesn't burn down Mm -hmm. you know on medical calls being able to be there you know with Mm -hmm. somebody somebody who can't breathe or uh somebody who's in cardiac arrest potentially being there to hopefully you know save their life Mm -hmm. just you know things like that sometimes just holding people's hands when you know, when they're sad or they're grieving or, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're dealing with people, mm-hmm. so we're seeing people at their absolute worst. Yeah. If we're there, they are having a crappy day mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be there to Make it better. I'm not going to lie. I
0: feel like people are at their absolute worst in a restaurant, but that's beside the point. Oh,
1: I mean, yeah, besides it Okay, so <laughs> but, their second absolute yes, worst. Okay,
0: yes, So. yes. Full, full, full. No, no. Um, um, no, that's very true. And I think a lot of people don't even think about the fact that if you if the fire department is there, you are truly seeing somebody like that is torn up, like their house is burning down, or somebody, a relative is in a state of duress. So I don't think a lot of people realize that you kind of have to not only be there to save their life but also to kind of be like a mental health assistant or a mental health coach like for a moment just to kind of keep the people from Mm -hmm. going crazy have you had to deal with any like overly emotional
1: oh all the time (laughs) (laughs) all the time and the thing about being the help Mm -hmm. is sometimes uh you're abused a little bit, but that's what you, you know what I mean? Like, that's what you signed up for. Job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on, off the job, something that's been super rewarding is just the response the community has to me. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've had, you know, little black girls, little black boys or just, you know... People my age, older people in general, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so proud of you. People that don't even know me from a can of paint, they just see, you know, my brown face in this uniform, and mm-hmm. I, I'm proud of you. And I'm a woman, so, like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, I didn't know they let women be firefighters. I ain't never seen a black female firefighter before. I've never seen a black fire girl. That's what they call me, a firefighter girl. Yeah, a fire girl. Fire. <laughs> girl so, I mean, it feels good, especially hearing that from my elders, that, yeah. you know, You know, I have such a close relationship with my grandmother. So, um, just hearing that, having that affirmation of, you know, the community sees you, Mm -hmm. the community needs you, the community loves you, like means a lot to me. And then little kids, you know, yeah, wanting to be like me Mm -hmm. or wanting to do what I'm doing is that feeling is amazing yeah it really
0: is i really love seeing your postman like going into schools and like putting the whole uniform on, like the whole everything and the kids are just going nuts like Mm -hmm. that type of stuff to me is so it's rewarding for me to see as your friend yeah like it inspires me Mm -hmm. to be a better me but it also is just like wow my friend is like really truly out here like not only fighting fires but like saving lives and like inspiring the next generation of kids who's going to kind of come up and might want to be a firefighter or
1: the best the best feeling that i get is honestly from other black women Mm -hmm. black women gas me up so much in such a healthy way like you i can't tell you how many times and i feel like i've said i can't tell you how many times (laughs) many times so many
0: times
1: But hearing you go, girl, oh yes, sis, like Mm -hmm. you better drive that truck. It's it's all kinds, you know, of things. It's such positive energy. Mm -hmm. Like it's such positive energy, and it honestly makes me. It just affirms that. I'm to be here like I know that I am making a positive impact on people by just being Mm -hmm. you know and Uh, that makes
0: me feel all warm and tangly on the inside no like for real I and you're gonna hear this a million times from everybody else but I am so proud of you like continuously every single time I see you post about something I'm just like look at The fucking, you love, let me love this let me, yeah. doing? let me share let me put this on my story because people need to know people need to see this
1: yes people need to see
0: this. um so speaking of black women you started an instagram page facebook page what exactly is black girls fight fire
1: so black girls fight fire was definitely birthed from a place of frustration mm-hmm. um I'm on a relatively large department, but there's only 14 women on my entire department. Oh, wow. So, you know, I went from being, you know, my previous career being in a melting pot and being around way more women Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to now being in a male and primarily white male Mm -hmm. dominated field. So a lot of the experiences that I was having, a lot of the negative experiences I was having was something that was very new to me very alienating things that i had never experienced before so i didn't really have a huge connection um or much of a connection at all with other female firefighters mm-hmm. and certainly not black female firefighters right so i didn't i was longing for this sense of community you know yeah. there were other pages that i followed on instagram or other forums that i kept up with that if they showcased firefighters you know, they were the quote-unquote typical-looking firefighter. If you mm-hmm. ask someone what a firefighter looks like, they'll tell you some big, super buff uh, white guy. Yeah. You know, and that's the archetype. hmm You know, and that's how things have always been. So, people were always surprised that I was a firefighter. And I felt like it was so... Like, I was just having a very lonely experience. There were certain experiences that I had that I couldn't talk about, you Mm -hmm. know, as a black woman that someone who is a middle aged white male or just a middle aged black male in general would not be able to relate to or speak to. Right. Um, And I knew that if I felt this way, I knew that there had to be other black women across the country, across the world, who were, you know, female firefighters that had to feel this way as well. So I would look at some of the different pages on Instagram, just you know, and scan these huge pages looking for you know women of color, and they at oh just women in general. Uh-huh. So they were you know these largely male platforms, and every now and then they would showcase a woman, but the woman would be um, non-black; she would be Caucasian. Mm-hmm. So it just made me say, you know what? I know that there has there has to be other black women out there who are firefighters maybe you know this will reach them I want black women to know that they are uplifted Mm -hmm. and that they are needed and that they are encouraged in the fire service just like everybody else and it's not to say that anybody else isn't important there are so few women anyway Mm -hmm. you know that I would like to or that I do have a relationship with other female firefighters who at this point now I have a relationship with other female firefighters who aren't black but I think that being a black woman in the fire service or being a non-white woman in the fire service is already you are a minority mm. within a minority.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know
1: what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So um, anyway, I started Black Girls by Fire. It was really it really just started off as like an Instagram page. I wanted to shout out black women, not you know, to make them to be more important than anybody else but just to say hey sis i see you yeah and i understand what you deal with yeah and i want you know that you have this is a community Mm -hmm. and that's what it grew into it grew into a community so i had to at first i had to search for black women to feature i mean i had to literally dig through hashtags look up people you know on uh facebook just all kinds of things and i would just reach out to them like hey you're a black female firefighter i think what you're doing is amazing I would like to feature you on this page. Is that okay? Uh-huh. I asked them for their permission to use that photo. Hey, type up, you know, tell me where you're from. Mm-hmm. Tell me where you're from, what your name is, what's your rank, you know, how long you've been a firefighter, etc., etc. et cetera. And it was like overnight, it started booming. Yeah, it was like real quick. Over... Nights like it was freaking incredible. I had all these women reaching out to me all of a sudden, and men too. Men too I had women reaching out to me. I mean, from all over the world, not just from the United States. I've and I've had you know, Caucasian women and non black. Ethnic women uh, reach out to me as well. I have women, uh, female firefighters from Toronto reach out to me. Female firefighters from my Nigeria reach out to me. I mean, just from Argentina reach out to me. All different kinds of places. and They're like, man, I am going through X, Y, Z, and no one understands mm-hmm. what I'm dealing with. Thank you so much for this page. I feel alone. Yeah. And hearing that just... You know, confirmed to me and, you know, in my heart that I was doing, you know, the right thing. I have, you know, non binary and, you know, trans firefighters write out to me, you yeah. know, and they talk about, I, you know, people ask me for advice about different things, and I'll tell them, look, if this isn't something I have experienced, I don't, I can't give right. you an answer, I you but that. I can empathize. You yeah. know what I mean? I know what it's like to feel like an outsider, to feel uncertain, to feel like a stranger in a strange land. Right. So, you know, over. You know it's been an overwhelming experience both positive and negative yeah. because not everybody is pleased you know about black girls by fire not yeah. everybody is excited about it i've had you know some people mock it i've had people call me you know a racist or uh-huh. i've had some people try to uh, all lives matter it
0: yep I've, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I have seen definitely seen some of the yeah. comments from some uh, particular genre of people Mm -hmm. um, who have definitely been real narrative Um, and and there's gonna be
1: trolls everywhere and that's the thing I used to get upset about it but I feel like at this point I handle it with grace Mm -hmm. you know Um, some comments I ignore and others like oh you know I, I engage like do you know the percentage of women in the fire service in the United States alone do you know the percentage of black women in the fire service in the United States and most people can't like all women fight fire. No, all women don't, because all women aren't firefighters. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so don't, you know, don't do that. But you know, people wanna be people just wanna oppose something yeah, a lot of the time. People wanna no be reason. in to be in opposition with something when this is obviously something that's needed. There wouldn't be a black girls fight fire if
0: there didn't need to be.
1: If, exactly if other black if black women didn't feel alone in the fire service if black if there wasn't wasn't some kind of disconnect yeah. somewhere and if nothing else i just want black women to see that they are they i just want them to feel recognized and heard yeah and validated and i want other you know young women who want to be firefighters and that's the thing i don't just get you know Feedback from firefighters, there are so many young black women who want to be firefighters and don't know where to start mm-hmm. and if I can connect them with someone in the city that they live in who can hopefully mentor them or walk them through the process, that is a win in my yeah. book or if I can connect, I, have, you know, now I have female firefighter friends in Jersey, mm-hmm. in Atlanta. You know, in New York, in Chicago. Oh my god, I love the women in Chicago. Like, <laughs> the, the women in Chicago, the female firefighters in Chicago have such an incredible sisterhood bond, like nothing I've ever seen before. Oh, that's so all right. Like nothing I've ever seen before. That's so and I amazing. went there and visited on the Black Fire Brigade in Chicago and these women came down there to see me and took me in like I was one of their own.
0: and it's it really it really is it
1: really is because it wasn't a you know it was just automatic sisterhood Mm -hmm. like we know that you are away from st louis girl but we love you anyway
0: yeah you know that uh uh that is so beautiful that's incredible and like (laughs) I saw the rise of Black Girls Fight Fire on Instagram and I saw it jump yeah. from like one follower to like a million. In <laughs> like four hours, and I was like, okay, how do I get my subscribership up? <laughs> no? Okay, we'll just sit here. Um, but no, it was. A, I feel like a lot of. Outside of you being 100% genuine in your. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? The word is escaping me. Um, this happens every time we podcast. I always am like, "What am I trying to say?" Basically, what I'm saying is the genuine your the genuineness of your heart and what you're doing, and how professional your posts always look. Like everything from the jump of oh yeah, I don't Black Girls Fight and Fire has been games. so from the graphic to the wording to how you feature the women. Like, everything has always been so professional. I'm just like, this is...
1: And I feel like I'm very careful about... So, a big issue I see with the fire service, or it's always been with women in male-dominated fields. I am very careful to not hypersexualize my women. Mm -hmm. Extremely careful to Mm -hmm. not hypersexualize my women because then it defeats the message. You know what I mean? And Black Girls Fight Fire initially it was about just female firefighters but you know uh, as the longer i've done it and the more i've begun to grow with this community it is not just geared towards black women who are firefighters or black women who want to be firefighters mm-hmm. it is geared towards black women in general who fight or deal with some kind of fire fire in their personal lives uh-huh. and i am really you know i try to be really good about talking about that um Maybe not now, but in the future, I do want to expound on that. There were so many... You know, when I became a firefighter, there were so many personal fires I was dealing with Mm -hmm. that I didn't discuss. And I realized that these women are dealing with the same things that I'm dealing with on and off the job. Yeah. You know, so Black Girls Fight Fire, I mean, can be applicable to any woman who is is Black. I mean...
0: So, would you and this is just kind of something that just popped up in my head the, has the idea of ever making Black Girls Fight Fire like an organization uh, a um, a service of some sort has how yes. has growing Black Girls Fight Fire how do you where do you see it like where do you see it in five years ten years oh my god
1: um, that is a great freaking question of course I-, I asked it <laughs> a great i seriously like i can't answer that right now because i have so many answers for that question Uh fair enough but i definitely see black girls by fire being something much bigger bigger beyond me and i hope that black girls by fire is something that sticks around long after i'm gone
0: Mm -hmm. so is it just you running the account or do you have assistance at all
1: so Right now. And so it's always been me. And I always I talk. That, yeah. And then like when I talk about Black Girls By Fire, I always say us because in my mind it's not me. I always say we mm-hmm. or my team and making maybe I'm just speaking things into existence. I'm trying to manifest. We live for that. Manamest, we live for manifesting. But also, you know, when I say we, I'm also talking about the other women and the men who support us Mm -hmm. this is these are our thoughts together Mm -hmm. not just my own okay i love that okay
0: so switching gears just a little bit we were talking about your social media game how your social media game is a one and i'm trying to get like you (laughs) um you are doing right now 75 days of hard.
1: oh god what day are you on today is day 35
0: how's it going (laughs) sis
1: Oh my god, okay. I am completely 155% drained. Like I am so freaking tired of this. Um, so y'all, okay, so there he is. He hasn't mentioned it, but I'll just go ahead and cause it actually like is a prelude as to why I did the challenge or why I'm doing this challenge. So during the summer I lost about 50 pounds. I was really, really sick. Um, and one of the main things I needed to get well or to get better was to lose a significant amount of weight, like really, really fast. So, um, literally, thought I was gonna die, and I totally got my stuff together and started working out, eating healthy. Um, I've dropped the, I've dropped a little over fifty pounds, and uh, I kind of felt myself slipping back into some some of the old habits I had. I am kind of an extremist, mm-hmm. so. I'm either doing very, very well or very, very bad. So There is no in-between. There is no in-between. So I decided to do something that would challenge me, stretch me. I'm all about personal development and growth. And I came across this guy's Instagram, Andy Frisella. He is the CEO of First Form and he is a St. Louis native. And he actually still lives in St. Louis. He is a freaking billionaire. He's also uh, an owner or one of the owners of Supplement Superstores. and like a multitude of other companies anyway he had this challenge called 75 hard and it's 75 days straight of a mental toughness challenge it's two 45 minute workouts a day and one of the workouts has to be outdoors you have to pick a diet and stick to it i decided to do low carb just because i can pretty much eyeball you know the things i can and cannot eat and i'm really good about staying um Stand between 50 and 60 grams of carbs a day, which is still high for people who do low carb, but it's far lower carbs than the average person eats a day. Yeah, I'm mean, probably
0: at like 300.
1: All right. So switching gears, I, I am also going to like clean up my diet here pretty soon, but I'll tell you about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to work out twice a day. One workout has to be outside. You have to read 10 pages of some kind of nonfiction self-development book. Um, you have to take a progress photo each day. You have to drink a gallon of water each day, and I'm trying to think of anything. Oh, no alcohol. Uh, pick a diet and stick to it. And if you break any of the rules or you forget to do a task, you start back over at day one. So far, I've made it through what 35 days. I right am now.
0: already quitting.
1: Oh, the no alcohol part.
0: No, that's fine. Like oh, yeah. I really don't drink as much <laughs> okay. as I used to. Anyway, I okay. just have kind of naturally kind of stayed away from it. Mm-hmm. But no, thank you for working out twice today. I don't oh, even yeah. want to work out no, one I'm today. No, I'm okay, you worked out in nineteen degree
1: weather? Nineteen no, degrees. I haven't
0: done anything in nineteen degree weather. No, <laughs> no thank you.
1: So um, I- I'll definitely say doing the challenge. It's I'm to the point where I'm burned out, but I'm excited. Strangely enough, I'm like always weirdly optimistic, like I'll complain about something and be like, but you know, the bright side of this (laughs) is um, I'm excited about being burned out because this is where the real work starts. This is where me being impeccable with my word begins, I think, and me really showing myself what I'm made of and if I can stick to a commitment. Um, because it's no longer fun. Like, I I record it myself where I post about the challenge pretty much every day. What day I'm on, I post my progress photo, what book I'm reading, things like that. And it's getting to the point where it's draining now. Um, And so many, you know, people are watching people. Some people are doing this challenge with me. Mm -hmm. Some people have said I've inspired them to do the challenge. And Uh that's really cool. But this is where, you know, I'm not doing it for the gram no more. You know, this is where I'm really developing myself. It sucks. And I'll probably never do this challenge again, but I also probably will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I feel like knowing <laughs> you, you'll be like, well, I'm probably just gonna do 75 days again. And I'm gonna be like... Girl. Okay. Oh, right, right. Don't choose to do it when we're on a trip.
1: Right, hey, right, thanks. right, right. right. So, so far it's been good. I've learned a lot. I, I've definitely felt the challenge stretch me, push me and exhaust me to the point where in my mind there's almost there is nothing that isn't possible with the right mindset you know what mm-hmm. i mean and a willingness to work so I'm excited
0: about that. That's cool. I you have inspired me not to ever try it. Yeah, (laughs) Um, right, right. From watching your videos and seeing your posts and everything. See me get up at four o'clock in the morning. Uh huh. So proud. To
1: work (laughs) out. So very proud. So proud, so not doing it. So
0: never doing it. Okay. I don't ever wanna think about it. Mm -hmm. Um I do my own challenge in the fall in the winter where you know, we do a cleanse. Um and that's That's as good as it's going (laughs) to get. So also, well, to kind of switch gears a little bit again, I wanted to ask you this question because you are such an empowering woman yourself. Yeah. Um, And I want to know who is the most empowering woman in your life personally and a celebrity type person who is empowering to you.
1: Oh, my grandmother, hands down.
0: I knew you were gonna say that.
1: Hands down. I just wanted about grandma. Shout honestly. out to Melba. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I love you, Grandma. But, <laughs> but seriously, no, my grandmother is literally. I call her my granny. Yes, I'm almost thirty years old, and I call my grandmother granny.
0: I call my mom mommy.
1: Oh, Okay, cool. I don't All think right, so. Um, yes, she is by far the most influential woman in my life. That woman, literally makes heaven on earth like i absolutely love my grandmother um she is the epitome of strength and love and vulnerability and sass and wit and just heartfelt emotion like Mm -hmm. i absolutely love her and she has made me feel like i can literally do and be anything you can like, she, my grandmother, hypes me up so much, y'all. Like, she thinks that I am Beyonce, okay? Like, like, not that I'm Beyonce, but I am better than Beyonce. Like, she is, y'all can't have, like, I don't know about y'all grandmas, but y'all grandma ain't better than mine. Like, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. No, I love, she is kind-hearted. She is, you know, forgiving. I mean, she it has such incredible... Moral character. Like, she is, I mean, absolutely amazing. I don't think I would be, you know, the woman I am today without her influence. I mean, she's been there for me every step of the way, cheering me on, like putting her foot on my neck, you know, when I need to get my stuff together. But she, I mean, there have been plenty of times that I wanted to give up, you know, in general. And she's always been there. With a hug and a kiss and an encouraging word. Seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. So, so celebrities. Celebrity.
1: Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> Queen. If you're listening.
0: <laughs> Let's tune in to Urban Papa Podcast. Beyonce. We love you, girl.
1: We you love was... you, big. We love you. <laughs> she is literally. No, seriously, Beyonce is like beauty talent Mm -hmm. strength like beyonce went from and the the reason why i admire this version of beyonce this version of
0: beyonce this current version of beyonce is my favorite (laughs)
1: exactly i'm not talking about destiny's child Mm -hmm. what about the whales beyonce not that beyonce Uh i mean see like this one who is what i feel like this is the most authentic version of herself that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. I think just in her artistry, her activism, even in her personal appearance, mm-hmm. like this is who she has desired to be. Yeah. This is who she is. She is a grown woman who knows exactly what she wants. She, she what does what she, she, she wants. She exactly. <laughs> she does what she wants. And she is not afraid to reach back and uplift other people. Like. Like, I've never been a Beyonce stand like that, but I stand for Beyonce
0: (laughs) now. Like, I stand
1: so hard for me. (laughs) Like,
0: girl.
1: Okay. Listen,
0: I'm just trying to get a feature. (laughs) I know I can't afford you yet, but you can afford me. Okay,
1: I want a feature, and I don't even sing, girl.
0: Listen. That's what I'm saying. We can drop a high 16. That's all right. We got you. All
1: right, Beyonce, if you're listening, hit me up. I will give you my phone number, but... I don't want nobody else calling
0: me. You follow me on Instagram. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, speaking of Beyonce,
1: yes.
0: Um, I love her. Same. I would say that between her and Rihanna.
1: I do love Rihanna. I didn't even think about Rihanna. I, I do. Love but I Rhi. mean, I,
0: I feel like between the two of them, there's just so much for young black girls to look up to. I agree. Like, Beyonce is holding it down. She's fuck. she is the epitome of, like you said, grace and talent and beauty and all of these things. And she can get on stage and totally break <laughs> the house and then post on Instagram with no caption. Exactly. Like, do you know she's not
1: even following anybody on Instagram? Exactly. Beyonce follows no one, okay? That's what I'm trying to get to why I ain't following nobody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She gets on Instagram. There's no feed. She just posts a picture. And she's like, post a picture, post a video that she obviously put together on like Picard or some shit. Picard. And she's like, I'm Beyonce. What the fuck ever. Like, she can pay. She can afford the full version. So she has all the crazy filters and shit. So she right. can do whatever she right. wants to. And then Rihanna comes through with, like, first of all, I have to say this for the Rihanna Navy. Where the album.
1: Where is the album?
0: Where? Re- she posted something. It was either on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> and the caption was like, my fans when I said I was gonna give details about my album sometime soon. And it was that video from like Housewives and something. It was a lie. It was all a lie. And I just was like, but okay. So we're not I'm gonna get an album? right? Like, I love Fenty Beauty. I love what you are Fenty doing. Time Savage, but come on, man. But yeah, like come on now. Like we need the album, but she is really stepping into the role of mogul.
1: Definitely. Like, Definitely.
0: effortlessly. I concur. I could not be any more proud to be black than with those two women heading the ship. Same. So, uh, you said you're an artist first, which I know. Um, talk to me a little bit about your artistic process when it comes to a role because i feel like it's something it's obviously different for every um performer or artist however but just talk to me a little bit about how you get into a role
1: so number one uh i read my lines wonderful most people don't um I I really have to actually the first thing that I pretty much do is read a play or read a script all the way through Mm -hmm. Um, some people don't do that they just go and go line by line but I read it all the way through and I try to not recreate an entire character Mm -hmm. but I try to let that character be whoever I am mm-hmm. um so I tried to you know feel what they would feel mm-hmm. you know hear what they would hear think what they would think um and I you know play I just play around I'm not gonna even say play around with it but I just really try to allow myself to feel this character for this character to feel me mm-hmm. you know and that sounds like super faux deep but you know, I'm not trying like I, I'm not trying to be I just like one of my fate the the, oh my god my most favorite show that I had ever done um was for colored girls and mm-hmm. I was lady in red and one of the most powerful monologues I've ever read is, is at the very or ever performed rather is at the very end of that show and I couldn't relate to this character mm-hmm. at all this character you know had children and all these other things this character was so angry all the time and i was like in a really good point in my life so mm-hmm. i didn't feel all these passionate you know extreme emotions that this character seemed to feel uh-huh. all the time and i really struggled with this last monologue i couldn't connect with it mm-hmm. And it wasn't up until about, it was only up until about maybe three or four days before the actual play itself that I started to feel like this rush of emotion. And I felt angry and sad and hurt. And I gave the best performance of my freaking life
0: up until this (laughs)
1: point uh, on opening night of this show. I mean, I gave an absolutely flawless performance and I had everybody in the audience and my castmates crying. And it was crazy because I had never experienced that before. Really? Never experienced that before ever, and I just tried to. I just try to give my all to the character. I try to give my all to the character, even when it's uncomfortable. I've been in a lot of shows that have emotionally made me very vulnerable oh in God. ways that I did not enjoy. But once I surrender myself to this character,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it just it just flows.
0: I did a show called The Skin of Our Teeth by Thornton Wilder. Would never do it again. It is a terrible show. <laughs> um, it just it doesn't make it makes sense but it really doesn't. Like the, mm-hmm. there's a three act playing Each act is a different time period. And it just is. So I was playing Henry Andrews the son. Um and and he's this angry character and he's He's like the black sheep of the family and and it just, it's like the story of Cain and Abel a little bit and -hmm. he's Cain. Mm -hmm. And I had a hard time navigating through that character because I used to be such an angry person. Mm -hmm. Uh, In high school, I was just mad all the time about everything. Um, And most teenagers are. Most teenagers are. I was also going through severe depression, so I was taking it out on everybody except for my mom. My mom was the only person that I couldn't take my depression out on. Like, I would look at her and I would be like, damn, this woman really loves me. I can't be mean to her. Like, but, so it took me back to a place, especially because I was 20-something with, like, Mm -hmm. a full mustache goatee situation playing a Mm 12-year-old and then a 17-year-old and then somebody my age. And I was like, there's no way people are going to believe that I'm fully, whatever. So, it was... It was a similar situation where the director really was like, I don't believe you. Like, I don't believe anything you're saying. I don't mm-hmm. believe that you're angry. I don't, like, it needs to come from a real place. And it took me really sitting back and thinking about mm-hmm. all of the rage that I had in my heart and all of the anger that I had felt at a time to get it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember it was probably, honestly, right around the same time, maybe a week before the show went up where the director finally was like, there it is. Like This is the Henry Antrobus we've been waiting to see. And it was the same thing, a monologue at the end mm. of the show. Mm-hmm. And I had to go off on my dad and I like had to strangle him and all this other stuff. And it just felt so uh, uh, uncomfortable and weird and I didn't like it. Mm. But then it turned out okay. But yeah, no, the skin of our teeth is awful. Please don't anybody ever produce that show ever again. Or at least don't invite me to it because... I ain't coming. I'm not coming. So how long have you been acting? I feel like I've never a- asked you that question. I don't think you...
1: I, you never have. Um, so the very first play that I ever did was actually... Whoo, actually it's actually two-part. Um, so the very <laughs> first play that I ever did was actually in 2011 or maybe early 2012. I did this show called... A woman called truth which is about sojourner truth and mm-hmm. I played a slave and that right 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 oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, I played a slave and I was like literally bitten by the acting bug and then the very second show that I ever did was a raisin in the Sun mm-hmm. Still one of my favorite shows and I would love to, uh, so I would love to be in uh Four Color Girls and Raising the Sun again mm-hmm. and I would still want to play the characters that I played Beneath the Younger, Hey, and <laughs> the In Red and that was a super fun show, super fun show.
0: What is a dream role in a show that you haven't done yet?
1: Ooh, uh, I would definitely love to play Maggie the Cat in Captain Hot Tin Roof. Okay. That is like dream. Okay. okay. Dream You got like
0: 10, 20 years before that be Oh no, you can do that now. I forgot Maggie's young, isn't she? I'm thinking of Big Mama, never mind, just kidding. No no no. I'm you playing know. Maggie,
1: yeah. Yeah, Maggie. Maggie in the roof. <sighs> Dream Roll and then if I could sing if I could sing, I would play by one of the characters in Rent. But I can't sing, so that will never happen.
0: You can get voice lessons.
1: I mean, but no, I'm never gonna be able to like Play Joanne in Rent. Like, I'm never going to be able to. It's but the love.
0: same. No. <laughs> so, but, um,
1: just fun facts about me. Um, whenever I hang out with my friends, especially my theater friends, we always somehow end up singing musicals every single time. And I will not let the day go by unless we play uh, Seasons of Love. Like, yep. that is my absolute lovey and Seasons of Love. I every have sometime. karaoke Every single time. Every single don't time. Don't
0: care. But if every time we hang out, every time it, like the group of us is together, we can be at a restaurant. <laughs> all, all of a Literally, sudden. All of
1: a sudden,
0: right. Uh, that's probably my favorite thing about our friend group is that like we just can't. like yeah. We're theater people. We can't help it. I actually, before you walked in, was listening to musicals. Because that's where I am in life. Yes. For some reason, I've been obsessed with Little Shop of Horrors again. Really? It comes and goes. Like, it comes in ways. I love the movie when I was a kid. And like I said, I did it in high school. And every now and then, I just want to listen to it. And that's the only thing I ever want to listen to. Um, Well, we are coming to the end of things. Sorry, it wouldn't be a podcast if I wasn't eating something. Um, So, before we go... I just talk a little bit about what you see for yourself in the future as far as acting and firefighting.
1: What do I see for myself in the future? Um, I see so many different things. I think my ideal version of myself is changing every day. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some days where I'm like... I'm gonna ride this firefighter thing all the way out you know and I'm going to you know do my best to get promoted and I mean hopefully become chief of somebody's fire department one day Mm -hmm. you know and there are other times where you know I revert back to my original dream my original dream was to be a firefighter for a period of time but to also you know I don't want to say make it as an actress but my dream was to you know be able to support myself Mm -hmm. you know with art and to be able to give back with art so um i'm either gonna be you know an actress a firefighter or some kind of uh you know mogul entrepreneur y'all i don't know you know what my path is just yet but
0: i was watching 73 questions this morning Mm -hmm. Vogue does they go and ask celebrities 73 questions Mm -hmm. um and i was watching zendaya and Mm -hmm. she said and it was I don't. It was seven o'clock, it was this morning, right after my boyfriend left for work, and I'm like laying in the bed, bored, watching Seventy Three Questions, and she said, "He." The question was like, "What was?" I don't really even remember what the question was, but her answer was that I can't, that I can't do everything, because if I believe I can do it, I can do it, mm-hmm. and that struck me because as a person who is a musician and an act not an actor anymore a musician for right now and a theater person like a director, producer, actor, writer, whatever, all these things, all these different paths that I want to take, I always feel like I have to choose one or the other. And that just reminded me that I don't have to choose because I believe I can do all these things and I can. Um mm. so Miss, firefighter, actor, mogul, businesswoman, all the things, um, be prepared to take over the world because be prepared to be the next Beyonce.
1: Yeah, I can live with that. Like, I can, I can, listen, no disrespect to the queen, of course, <laughs> but girl, i am come up for your spot, girl.
0: Y'all can stand next to each other, it's all right. It's just, there's room at the table. You favorite, know what there her. is, there is. Yeah, there's room at the table for everybody. I
1: like that. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I, that's like my thing.
0: Like I've been on this. Like I said, I'm gassing to my friends. 2019. I am. I want everybody to feel empowered. I want right. everybody to feel like there is room at the table for them to do whatever they want. I want everybody to be a mogul. I want. You know, I just want so much for the world, and you inspire me so much, you and I'm so. Glad. Me, oh, shut up. <laughs> don't <laughs> um, cry. Don't be awkward. Don't do it. Um, I'm so glad that I really wish Shisha was here because I feel like she would have had a lot of more a lot of questions as well but I'm glad we got to have this episode because as much as we like Urban Proper is about promoting black voices and being black and like blackness black
1: and I'm black y'all black and I'm black and I'm black y'all um,
0: it's also about
1: we rooted for everybody
0: black we <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. so <laughs> <random>. <laughs> um, it's also about, you know, friendships and cultivating each other and cultivating yourself. And I feel like you are the epitome of cultivating yourself and others. And I'm oh. glad to have your voice as a part of the podcast and as a part of my life. Oh, um, stop it. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like genuinely. it. There are people that you meet and you know that they're either going to be in your life for a season or for a long time. And I see you being in my life for a long time. Forever. 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 Um And I can't wait until we have another Kiki uh, where we can play Uno the dirty way. Same. Because nobody ever wants to play Uno with me because I cheat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I also cheat, so it's fine. Right. That's why we. That's why, that's why, why this why it works. works. <laughs> that's why this works
0: so well. Um Shit, I have one more thing I wanted to say to you that was really inspiring and beautiful. I forgot what it was. I'll say it probably off, I almost said (laughs) off-camera. I always do that off-camera. I'll remember as soon as I cut this off, I bet. Um, But before we go, will you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on social media and um, all of the things that you're doing, what you're up to, if you can talk about the film you're in a little bit, talk about that if you can
1: um so y'all can find me not on facebook do not add me as a friend even though Darius is gonna tag me anyway
0: yep <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: but you can find me on instagram at grit and grace with two underscores after grace um or you can just follow the plague plague the page oh. <laughs> don't follow the plague y'all not going for the plague well, you can, Sorry. Or you can follow the page um at black girls fight fire on instagram um either way you'll see me on there you can find me on facebook um elizabeth mccormick it's my government it's my government <laughs> <laughs>
0: i remember you told me you don't like me called call liz and i've tried to make it a point to call you elizabeth as much it's, as i can it, i
1: really don't care anymore
0: i know you don't but still yeah. like to me it bothers me when people are like who darius rucker and i'm like no that's not no <laughs> i had a conversation with somebody at work yesterday they were like oh like darius rucker like, like one of my co-workers and I'm i was like, like please don't i hate that so Boundaries. I to, yes, boundaries. Oh, we set boundaries in this house. We love boundaries in this house. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have um, very few of them, but one of them is calling me Darius Rucker. I hate that. Um, is it because he's
1: representative of country music?
0: No, I actually love country music.
1: Oh, It, it different just it, it bothers me. I don't know.
0: and it, I think it comes from most of the people that say to me are white people. Mm. And I feel like it's like a false connection that they're trying to make with me because they know I'm their server. And they're like, Oh, like Darius fucker, Oh my God, Hootie and the Blowfish! And I'm like, Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh my- Actually, I was named after King Darius, but whatever, it's fine. Like <laughs> factual. Would you like ranch? I like ranch.
1: Is that what you're just no, saying? No. Would you like like you're serving?
0: Oh you know, yeah. Would you like? Would ranch? You like See what? I was like, What are you even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got ranch for the chicken strips I'm having for dinner tonight. What are you even <laughs> Um <laughs> What can I get for you to drink? <laughs> Yeah, I don't tell people my name is Darius at tables anymore. I actually you don't know, tell you people... You Dean? Yeah. Dean, okay. My receipts, like when I print my receipt, it says server name Dean. No. Or I just tell them my name is D. Or I don't tell them my name at all.
1: And see, I'm really good about asking. I'm sorry, what was your
0: name? See, if you ask, I'll tell you. Okay. Some people, if they're being real rude to me and they say, what was your name? Oh, I didn't tell you. My name is D. I'm horrible at my job, but also very good at my job. Anyway... You can find Urban Proper, like we say, at the end of every (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Podcast. At the end of every podcast. Um, You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Urban Proper Podcast, as well as Twitter at Urban underscore Proper. You can listen to us on most most streaming services. That would be Google Play Podcast, um, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Uh, Like we keep saying, we're trying our damnedest to be on iTunes, but iTunes doesn't like us for some reason. So, uh, you can also find us on YouTube. I am still in the process of updating our YouTube with all of our current episodes, but that will be up to date as soon as possible. My apologies. I have dropped so many balls. Um, But other than that, oh, real quick, where did Grit and Grace come from?
1: Oh, okay. So, is that what you wanted to ask me? yes, yes. <laughs> oh okay uh grit and grace so something that i feel our this is a kind of a complicated answer long story short i think that surviving life or getting through life being able to not just live but to thrive mm-hmm. takes grit mm-hmm. and takes you know some gumshiness, and de- determination but i think that with that you also have to give yourself grace to grow and that's kind of where it came from oh I
0: love that yeah. <laughs> I, did, I actually genuinely 100% did not know that until right now and I love Green Grace even more yeah, I think that it. there
1: needs to be a balance of you know dig your heels in and get it done but also when you fall short being able to love yourself through that yeah
0: yeah i agree with that 100 percent, and i think that is beautiful and i think everything you do is beautiful and i love you my dear friend mm, i love you too um and thanks for being my um co-host this hey. kind of was like an interview but not really but kind of i don't really know what's okay. happening yeah. but thank you for sitting in with me and talking
1: thank you shisha for not being here <laughs> yay <laughs> yay
0: she's just absent <laughs> um yeah no thank you for Letting me chill at your place for a couple weeks because it's been a nice little staycation. Um, Alright, we will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for listening and bye!